You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Bill Gates is not only one of the richest men in the world, he's one of the world's greatest philanthropists. On this episode of the Carlos Watson Show podcast, Bill Gates talks about the prospects for treating coronavirus, how the world can prepare for the next pandemic, and how to keep sight of other important issues even as we're fighting coronavirus. Hey, Bill, how are you? Good. Nice to see you again. Yeah, it's fun to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, happy holidays and uh, welcome to the Carlos Watson Show. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me. You bet. So uh, I'm going to start with a big wide open question. What's on your mind these days? I know a lot is, but but I thought I would put it to you that way to kind of allow you to, uh, to frame this a little bit. I'd, I'd say the pandemic is top of mind. Our foundation has a lot of expertise in infectious diseases, so we're doing our best to try to get these tools out there and bring it to an end. I'm also still working a lot on climate change. I'm getting a lot of time with kids because they're home more, which is a, a joy for me, if not not for them all the time. Uh, so, you know, very unusual time we're in. I, I know you've been focusing on the question of pandemics for a long time. You and I talked about it the first time we got together, uh, which is now, I think, six years ago. And, and sadly, uh, what you predicted in that TED Talk, maybe we didn't prepare as well. But what has surprised you the most about this particular pandemic? Well, I would have expected the U.S. to lead the way in terms of getting the testing ramped up and making sure that the numbers never got uh, very large. And I would have expected the CDC to be the voice uh, giving us the bad news, but then, you know, explaining how things like masks really do make a huge difference. So it's a bit disappointing. And when it's all over, we'll have to look back and say, hey, what is it that we missed uh, in those early stages? Because we've had, uh, by all measures, one of the worst pandemics of any country in the entire world. I've heard you mention what China did in the early days to kind of slow the spread. I've heard you mention South Korea. Are there other parts of the world who you think we can learn from who did a particularly good job in responding to COVID-19? Yeah, China's government is so different than ours. I don't see any 
easy comparison there. But South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, uh, Singapore, Hong Kong, most of Asia, the uh, particularly the better off parts of Asia, have not had as bad an epidemic, and they've been able to even when the the infection rates are fairly low to get incredible compliance on things like mask wearing. And you know some of these uh, got to practice a bit because they had uh, SARS got there or MERS got there. But there are some very positive lessons from those countries. I know one of the things when uh, President Trump won somewhat unexpectedly, given the polls in 2016, I remember you mentioned to me, uh, Tom Friedman told me you, that you mentioned it to him as well. You said, hey, everyone should go see whoever the new president is, and we should engage uh, with that person and see if we can uh, be of good counsel and good advice. Um, how well were you able to collaborate with President Trump in the midst of this pandemic, given that Global health is something you've thought about for a long time. You've invested a lot of money and time in. How well were you able to uh, collaborate with the president? Yeah, my goal was to uh, suggest that there are a lot of innovations, including in vaccines, that he could bring you know, his name and his influence to bear on. Things like a universal flu vaccine, an HIV vaccine, uh, getting polio done. And I did bring up pandemics at that time. Unfortunately, that uh, I wasn't persuasive enough. Uh, that did not become a priority for the U.S. government. In fact, some of the work in that area actually got de-staffed, although the Congress made sure the, the global health funding uh, was maintained, even though the executive branch tried to reduce that and, and the, the research, the NIH budget, very dramatically. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll try again. Uh, we've got new leadership coming in, and I think you know, President Biden will be more open to this working with the world to cut down diseases and being ready for the next pandemic. And so how closely are you working with the president-elect and the vice president-elect? Are you talking to their teams a good bet? And, you know, Vivek Murthy, uh, the former Surgeon General, who's playing a key role as a good friend, are you talking to him and others a bunch as they try and prepare their own approach uh, to helping people get better? Yeah, absolutely. The opportunity they'll have now that the new tools, uh, some new therapeutics like antibodies, and of course the vaccine, the numbers will be just going up as they come into office. And so making sure we take full advantage of that and still remind people that, you know, certainly until the spring, the numbers are going to be scary. Over 200,000 additional people are likely to die. 50,000 of those could be avoided with really strong mask wearing. So the the dialogue is there, but you know they're not in charge uh, until January twentieth. And, and even beyond mask wearing and the vaccine, are there one or two other significant things that you would love to see us aggressively consider? Given, as you're saying, that the number of deaths here in the U.S. could could double uh, over the next six months. Well, our behavior is what creates this exposure. That you know we're still associating, and particularly as it gets up. To older people, and I know people are fatigued, but you know, behavior is, is super important. We're hoping that this therapeutic called monoclonal antibodies can prove to work out uh, in modest doses so that we can get it to lots of people, uh, not only in the US, but in the entire world. So all these tools are coming right. <laughs> you know, we wish we'd had them at the beginning. Even new ways of doing testing are gonna start show up, but to show up, but Mostly that'll be valuable for the next pandemic where we 
we will make the investments and have people on standby to do far, far better than we did this time. Okay, so I was going to wait a moment to get to that, but you've already uh, you pushed the button. You kind of turned the page for me. Uh, uh, talk to me about the next pandemic, and I wish that we weren't having this, but you and I, of course, know that this isn't the first one, that even in the last five or six years, we've dealt with SARS and MERS and, and Ebola, and you and I have talked about Ebola a bunch as well. How do you see that next pandemic? Coming soon will be a derivation of COVID-19. What's your expectation? Well, every decade or so, there's likely to be something. And the question is always, does it break out? Uh, how infective is it? What's the death rate? Uh, this uh, virus, uh, although horrific, is nowhere near the worst case. You know, the death rate actually uh, for younger people is, is very modest, and it doesn't transmit as effectively as something like measles. So uh, we may, you know, have to be a lot better next time this happens. Very unpredictable. Will it come out of Africa or Asia like it did this time? Uh, we have to have better surveillance out there. You know, if we'd caught in the month of December exactly what was going on, it might not have spread to so many countries. So that the tools of surveillance will be important. I think this has been so dramatic. Europe, China, the U.S., all the countries are going to build these new tools and have people who are standing by you know, they can work on other infectious diseases like malaria in the meantime, but there'll be a whole core, you know, at least 3,000 people well-funded by the rich countries who, when a pandemic breaks out, they immediately drop their uh, current work, and yet they have the skills and understanding. It's, it's like paying, you know, for a fire engine, uh, even in years when there's no fire, you feel good about it because you have this memory that that can be such a, a terrible thing. Interesting. And and do you see uh, collaboration with China? Because this time around, it felt like there wasn't strong enough collaboration with China. And so when you talk about detection, that certainly feels like that was one of the issues. Do you think that we have um, crossed over in some way and that we will have better international collaboration, including with China, on any future pandemics? Well, the U.S.-China relationship is one of the most important and most complex I hope on some issues like pandemic research, uh, pandemic cap capacity, as well as climate change and other things that, uh, despite our differences, that we can actually build up more trust by working on these uh, global kind of problems, uh, but hard to predict. Uh, certainly with Europe, I expect strong collaboration. And you know, we've seen a lot of the, the innovation, uh, this first Pfizer uh, vaccine, actually a, a German company, small German company uh, that our foundation has worked with, uh, did a lot of the key work there. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Lloyd Miner, who I think you know, the uh, dean at Stanford, has told me that one of the most interesting things about this horrible moment is the amount of uh, cooperation he's seen, that he's never seen researchers as collaborative as this. And so he told me, he said, Carlos, maybe the most interesting thing that could come out of this is not just progress on this, but on other diseases, that our minds may have been open to what collaboration uh, can yield. Do you see that kind of, uh, do you have that kind of optimism about uh, medical collaboration across countries and across institutions going forward? Basically, yes. I mean, the digital tools do let us share things very quickly. And so the understanding of the disease, work on the, the various tools, the trials, it's, it's been a global cooperation because it's kind of humanity versus the virus. Uh, so it shouldn't, you know, drive us apart. 
we saw some friction, you know, over WHO and, you know, whether that's the body everybody comes together to work in. But uh, the scientists, the private sector, I, I'm very impressed with how they stepped up. Interesting. But you, you're a little bit more moderated in your hopes on that. I think, I, think, I, I thought you were going to be a little more optimistic on that, but, but, I, but I think you're being a little bit more moderated in terms of your expectation there. Well, the U.S.-China is challenging I do think the new president will take us back into the WHO, which is that coordinating body and plays a very important role. Uh, so that'll be, you know, super helpful. You know, general view that by working with each other's, that is a way of helping America. I think the new president has that more of a mindset as opposed to a very zero sum. If you're doing well, it must be because I was too nice to you point of view. Bill, finally, talk to me on on the question of COVID. Talk to me about the rollout of the vaccine. I mean, one of the things people had some concern about is whether or not conspiracy theories and other things would prevent people from adopting uh, the vaccine. You've been a part of some of those conspiracy theories. Uh, What's your thought now? Do you you feel like that some of that has been addressed and that we're on a better uh, trajectory in terms of people's willingness to try it when it's available? The conspiracy theories have not died down in terms of, you know, why we're making this vaccine. You know, is there some plot behind this that myself or Fauci are somehow involved in? You know, that's all untrue. I worry that it will make people more hesitant. Uh, We need over 70% of people uh, to take the vaccine to really have the, the numbers of infections drop dramatically. So at least we don't have to get you know, anywhere near to 100%. Uh, But that's still, you know, it'll be a test of the messaging, you know, figuring out who's trusted. It's too bad the states are having to do this because they have less capacity, but we should track, are there geographies or communities, ethnicities that are being more reluctant? And who would they listen to about the importance of not only protecting yourself, but protecting other people? Uh, and so next year's challenge will be not only the logistics, but the demand side. And historically, you know, sometimes vaccines get bad rumors get out there. I, I hope that doesn't happen this time. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Let me turn the page to one of the other things you said you're thinking a lot about, which is uh, climate change. President-elect Biden has said that's going to be one of his four priorities. Uh, uh, Talk about what you hope will happen over the next year or two, because everyone has seen in a very tangible way the negative impacts of climate change. And I think it's caused some people to lose hope. Even your podcast co-host, I think, Rashida at times, uh, it seemed like she's needed a shot of optimism on that. But but what makes you optimistic that we're going to make some progress on uh, climate change? I think if we look what we will have had to do to get to zero, all the different emission sources, and say, okay, how do we still build buildings, you know, make food, move around both people and goods, have reliable electricity? What are the innovations that are missing that today mean the green approach is very, very expensive, what I call this green premium? And so given that that we have more people who care about climate, that intention, we need to build on that with an actual plan. And I do think President Biden will then say, okay, what are the hard parts? What are the long lead time? What are the innovative things where the government, uh, both its funding of R&D and its uh, market signals about you know, clean steel, clean cement, uh, I do think we'll get some of those in place. Now, it's going to have to be somewhat bipartisan because for long-term investments, you can't think, okay, I'll, I'll only do this if one party's in charge. So how we reach uh, a consensus on you know, what, really, what level of funding can be done uh, to get ready and, and do those hard parts I, I think it's possible. I see young people from both parties uh, putting this issue pretty high on their priorities. Bill, talk to me a little bit about Black Lives Matter. Uh, Seattle, where you live, has been one of the hot spots where that conversation has been kind of joined in earnest. Lots of young people, like your three children, have been thinking about it a lot, talking about it a lot. What have you learned? Uh, uh, what are you thinking about when it comes to not only what's happened, but where we can go from here on questions of race? and racial justice. Yeah, my daughter took me down to the CHOP, which was the protest area, and showed me, you know, what was going on down there. So definitely, you know, a lot of anger about, you know, the historical uh, mistreatment and, you know, not doing enough to look at the justice system, the educational system, uh, to get rid of these disparities. And sadly, even in COVID itself, we saw this huge disparity in the infection and even the the death rates where both 
Blacks and Hispanics uh, had a more significantly more risk. And we're still, you know, we understand some of that, but we need to do more across all these different health areas where the outcomes are often uh, very, very unequal. You know, our foundation has a, is a great group that thinks a lot about these issues, both because our health work uh, is mostly in Africa, our education work is mostly in inner city schools with a real emphasis on closing the gap of the uh, black students in the inner city with, you know, the, the high standards that they need to be able to go to college and, and complete college. So it, it caused us to step back, you know, double down a lot of these inequity investments uh, that we make. Uh, we strengthen our partnership with the historically black colleges with some specific support to them, you know, studied all the textbook work we do to see does that work for low-income minority students or not. But, you know, it, it was an awakening to see that something that brutal could still happen in our country. Is there something bold here, uh, Bill, that you think we should consider as a country or maybe even as a global society to deal with something as brutal, as you said, as the systemic racism that is uh, sadly, you know, been part of the fabric of the country and to some extent uh, most of the world's societies. Is, is there something bold that you've come across that you're like, I'd love to see that considered and maybe even acted upon? Well, certainly the the idea that, you know, if somebody has a record of uh, not doing the key part of their job, which is, you know, treating people well, you know, that, you know, we've got to reform how that's looked at and understand why that relationship between the police and these communities is often not very functional. You know, honestly, I'm not an expert enough to know, uh, does that mean we need more resources or, or shift resources over to other things? I'm going to listen very carefully uh, to the best thinkers on that. The area that our foundation is strongest in is the education piece. The, the, the kids who are at such incredible risk of ending up in the jail system, which things like the new Jim Crow is compared to that uh, system of discrimination from the late 1800s, if they drop out of school, their chance of eventually ending up uh, in prison, if you're a a black male uh, from the inner city, it's over 60%. And that's just unacceptable. You know, that society-wide is meaning that you know, as fathers, as members of those communities, you know, that creates a, a cycle there. And so how do you interrupt it? What is the the extra resource, the the model that can reduce that? And, you know, look at the community. Some are doing better than others. Adopt those best practices, make them a priority. Uh, I've had some learning sessions with leaders, you know, who think about these things and you know, we'll join in. We've already made a lot of grants in, along this theme, but we have more to learn. I love that. Excited that, that you're leaning in there as well. Let me take you uh, to uh, scientific innovations. Last time we were together, you talked to me about CRISPR. You told me that CRISPR uh, was some of the most exciting technology. You had visited the Broad Institute, and you talked to me a little bit about that. Uh, make me a little smarter again. I'm calling this my Crystal Bill segment, so uh, kind of a future-oriented segment. Talk to me a little bit about one or two of the pieces of science or technology that we should have our eye on, but that hasn't gone mainstream yet. Uh, well, you know, CRISPR is is still making great project, progress. 
Uh, there's a great book coming out from Walter Isaacson that talks about the amazing scientists, many of them women, who who did that work. It will play a role in in fixing gene defects, things like sickle cell, which you know we haven't had good treatments for, even in the United States, not to mention in Africa. Early cancer detection, uh, you're going to see huge breakthroughs there where we use this DNA sequencing where we can look, take a sample of your blood every year and find even the slightest hint that you might be at risk and and catch that very early. A company like Illumina is actually out in front on that. There are companies working on things like uh, obesity drugs, and you know that's not you know in the next few years. But I do think uh, there's a lot of promise there. The amount we're learning in biology makes this the golden age that there will be better interventions. You know, I have a, a child who's in medical school, so I'm enjoying learning with her the latest about you know what we know and every disease that comes along, even COVID helps us learn about the immune system, how to make vaccines, how to make uh, antibodies that are cheap. So although the digital innovation, you know, gets the most focus and that continues to go at full speed, these things in biology, I think people will be surprised. We can improve the quality of life a lot by diagnosing better and, and then having new treatments. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Bill, one of the things we've been talking to a lot of folks on the show about is, is advice on dreaming fearlessly. 
And clearly, you've you've been fortunate. You've had a career where you've dreamed fearlessly, not only about business, but about philanthropy. What advice do you give to young people who I'm sure turn to you a lot and ask, you know, it's not going as well as I want. It doesn't seem as easy, as clear. How do I go about dreaming fearlessly, even when it seems that I'm not having the progress yet? What do you say to them? What's some of the best advice that you share? Well, hopefully a kid can find something they enjoy learning, you know, whether it's music or technology or history, something that when they look at a book and and think about reading it, it's like, oh God, I have to read that. But boy, I'm uh, fascinated. And if you, once you get into something, then the pieces start to fit together. You know, somebody who really knows sports or knows, you know, politics or science, it's amazing how it all becomes simpler to them. And yet that early energy, a little bit of self-confidence, maybe somebody to mentor you, uh, if you get confused about something, they'll help step you through uh, what what that thing is. And so a sense of confidence in some of your learning, you know, for nerdy kids, they write code and, you know, the code works well. But, you know, that's just one domain that you can kind of get an early sense of, wow, my brain, if I invest, it can do stuff well. And, you know, then if you're lucky enough, you can shape your college where you get to pick your courses and then uh, find a career that connects up to that. But, you know, creating a sense of confidence and something that you gain passion towards, uh, that's where you can even surprise yourself at the opportunities that generates. Bill, what would surprise people about you? People who think they know a lot about you, what might surprise them uh, to learn about you? You know, I play a lot of tennis. I play a lot of bridge. I... uh, you know, I read a lot of books. Maybe they might expect that. You know, I, you know, I have certain areas I'm good at, but I, I need to hire people who are good at other things. You know, the foundation is a team of people that I'm very proud of, just like I was proud of uh, what Microsoft was as I got to be a part of that success. Uh, you have to figure out what you're not good at. And an awareness of that and how you draw in others to complement your skills I think over time, I've gotten better at that. I think I've gotten more mellow, you know, maybe less, you know, pushing people super hard, which in my early days I was known for. But now, you know, thinking more of the long term and probably a more thoughtful manager than I I was in my young days. Bill, finally, talk to me a little bit about the economy. I saw you and Warren and Charlie Munger uh, together about a year ago, and it was right as the Democratic nomination was heating up. And Obviously, uh, Bernie Sanders, senator from Vermont, was talking a lot about socialism versus capitalism. How would you like to see capitalism reformed, improved, optimized going forward? Yeah, I've written about various ways that you could collect more taxes from the rich without completely disturbing the wonderful incentive system that we have, particularly in the United States, where you've had a lot of entrepreneurship. And so, you know, within what I'd still call capitalism, I think we can get more resources to the government without killing that, you know, drive towards innovation that's made the U.S. leader very important for us strategically to stay strong in that respect. Uh, some proposals would go too far in my view, but, you know, there's, there's room to have more equity and still the, the magic of our, our competitive economy and the, the breakthroughs uh, that we are still by far the leader in. 
Bill, finally, who's the most interesting person that you've met in the last year or two? I mean, I think one of the wonderful things probably about your life is that you probably come across so many interesting people. Tell me about one or two of the most interesting people you've been fortunate enough to sit down with. Well, this year I got to know Rashida Jones, who that was completely new to me. And it's been a lot of fun. We're we're similar in that we're we like to study things. We have very different backgrounds. She's, you know, an artist in every way, writer, performer. I'm just a, you know, science math uh, type person, but it was fun to talk about uh, big questions with her. I've also, although I've known Tony Fauci for almost 20 years, because when we first, our foundation first got into malaria, he came and gave us his advice. But it's really been intense this year that he and I will talk every couple of weeks about, okay, where are the breakthroughs? And wow, there's this malstorm out there, including of, of misinformation. And so we've been able to help guide each other, comfort each other a little bit as, you know, we started to see that these vaccines would eventually uh, save the day. Yeah, Fauci is, uh, it's, I was talking to Malcolm Gladwell, who said that he began studying viruses with uh, Fauci in part, looking at some of the work Fauci was doing with HIV kind of 20, 30 plus years ago. So it's interesting to see someone who's been involved in it that long finally step onto the public stage. Um, Bill, we ever going to see you in office? Are you... Uh, you ever going to consider uh, public service as an elected official or uh, appointed to a cabinet role? No, that's not for me. I, you know, my role at the foundation is what I enjoy and what I think I'm well suited to. But I sure encourage talented people. There's, you know, whether it's working for the government or elected office, there's a bit of a vacuum. We need new thinking. We can't get cynical about those jobs. Those are are super important. And you know, we've go- been going up in diversity a bit in those jobs, but nowhere as as much as we'd like to see. Uh, Bill, thank you uh, so much for joining me and uh, congrats on your upcoming book. And I hope you'll stop by when, uh, when the book's out. You bet. Thanks. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to the Carlos Watson Show podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the iHeartRadio podcast app. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.